the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good news. We lost. That's right. We lost. We being the United States of America. And we lost at the Olympics in Tokyo. And it's good news. Because the team that lost gained a reputation for not really being a big fans of the uh, United States of America. And so for the first time in my life, I was rooting for an American team to lose in the Olympics. It was the U.S. women's soccer team, as I'm sure you've heard by now. And they lost one to nothing to Canada this morning, uh, Pittsburgh time, which means they can't win a gold medal. And they're going to play Sweden, who lost Australia uh, also today for the bronze medal. And they lost to Sweden, by the way, the Americans did in the opening round. So it's going to be a tough game for them. Megan Rapinoe, who's the main reason why half of the country, for the first time in Olympic history, was rooting for the U.S. to lose, said, quote, We just didn't have the juice, whatever that means. The Americans came in ranked as the best team in the world. Maybe they thought they just had to show up. Anyway, they were trying to become the first team to win a World Cup and a gold medal in the same year. They decided to kneel during the national anthem before their first game against Sweden and went on to lose that game, and lots of people in America were happy about that. And they're happy in Canada today. Might even be smiling if uh, smiling is allowed up there during this pandemic. Not sure that it is. Um, But it is the first time the Canadian women have beaten the Americans in 20 years. Canada was ranked eighth in the world, so it is, it is an embarrassing and a, and a crushing loss for uh, Megan and the other creeps on the team. Uh, maybe the roster will be different in four years, the next time they show up for the Olympics. Now, the only sport I like less than soccer is women's soccer. So uh, there was no chance I was going to watch one second of any of their games, but I was rooting for them to lose. And finding out that they had when I woke up this morning – Um, That was a great way to start the day. Now, a loss in the bronze medal game might actually shut Megan Rapinoe up for a while. If the team had won a gold medal, America would have been subjected to another visit to the White House so Joe Biden could slobber all over them and tell them how wonderful they are and, you know, maybe sniff their hair a little bit. Uh, Rapinoe would have been given another chance to trash America and maybe whine about not making the same money that the men's soccer team makes. Meanwhile, go Sweden. Let's hope they lose again. Uh, And we won't have to look at Megan for a while. Anyway, when we come back after this break, we're going to take a look at a study that proves something I've been saying for a few years. It's about racism. And in our second half hour, I'm going to talk to a teacher who's written a book called Hollowed Out, a warning about America's next generation. He says teachers have a front row seat to America's decline. Stick around. by a bear, a dog will throw himself into the mouth of a bear to save you. Dogs are dogs. They pour out their love onto you. Before long, you can't live without them. I have a chocolate cocker spaniel named Lady and a blackmouth cur. He's about 120 pounds, and his name is Arlo. My little cocker, her coat's as soft as a stuffed animal. They're both real soft coats, and my dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is like pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. We'll be scooping our Dynavite onto the food. Then squirting the liquor chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. Dynavite is nutrition. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. It's a lot of responsibility owning a dog. I get my Dynavite at com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Traders, listen up. As life in America starts to return to normal, are you looking for the best trading opportunities? With the current real estate market, the rise of crypto, and the volatility of tech stocks, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point... 
You don't have to. Text the word money to 813-813 to learn how our technology analyzes over 1 million data points per day. Text the word money to 813-813 so you can learn how to predict market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Whether you're trading stocks, options, Forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text money to 813-813 to find out how to maximize your gains. Text the word money to 813-813 to learn how to use the volatility to your advantage. Don't wait. Text the word money to 813-813 now. By texting in, you consent to receive calls, voice, and text messages using automated technology regarding offers by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19-related disruptions have caused abnormal behaviour in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-in Pest-Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest-Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-in Pestfree goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair income. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Gopestfree.com. Promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I, uh, I've been saying for a while, and I've made the point quite a bit. I think I've said it here on the show, uh, but I've been throwing it out there on Twitter a lot, and I get comments about it, or uh, I think some people think uh, might accuse me of being racist for saying it, but I've said for a long time that the word racist uh, has lost its meaning a long time ago, Um, and it definitely lost its power. Um, To say somebody was a racist, I don't know, I don't put a number on it, how many years ago, a long time ago, um, was, uh, you know, George Wallace was a racist, and uh, before him and worse than him, and worse than he was, uh, Adolf Hitler was a racist and a white supremacist. And uh, there were lots of racist things going on in America and lots of racists running around. There still are. There are never going to get rid of all of them. But I think that uh, the word has been used. I've I, I thought for a long time that the word has been used so often um, by the media and by people who are claiming to be the victims of racism, that the word doesn't mean anything anymore. It just doesn't. It doesn't have the the when to call somebody a racist or to say some uh, someone has committed a racist act or shown himself to be a racist by something they said or, or did. Uh, it doesn't mean anything because people are called racist for the most ridiculous things now. Uh, and again, it it takes away from what is a real racist, which to me is someone who believes that they belong to a superior race and that there are other races uh, or at least one other race that's inferior to them. And it would be the people who uh, were responsible for slavery uh, starting 400 years ago. They didn't believe that black people were uh, uh, equal to white people. They just thought they were an inferior race. That's just the way it was. And um, 
but I don't, I don't, I think it would have a hard time finding somebody today who, number one, would really believe that, and number two, would actually admit it. But um, there's a story here uh, that I came across that I wanted to run by, and it's a by somebody named Eric Kaufman, and he's uh, he's he's writing for uh, a, a publication here. Um, what is the publication anyway? It's um, it's, it's Eric Kaufman. He's a professor of politics at uh, Burbeck University of London, and uh, he did some research. And the, the title of it is uh, the headline is "What Liberals Get Wrong About Race." And according to this guy, Eric Kaufman, a new Gallup poll found that the share of Americans reporting that race relations relations are bad or somewhat bad is up to 57 percent. That's the highest it's been in two decades. Uh, but the but he points out that racism has almost never been so absent. And he gives examples. Uh, in 1958... Ninety-four percent of whites opposed uh, uh, interracial marriage. Just ten percent uh, do it today, and um, just ten percent oppose it today. And also, the uh, General Social Survey found that in the 1970s, nearly sixty percent of white Americans, sixty percent, agreed uh, with the statement that blacks shouldn't push themselves where they're not wanted. Uh, in 2002, which is, what, 19 years ago now, that figure fell to 20%, and they, they stopped asking the question. And then also with police shootings uh, of African Americans. Uh, you know, there's been, a lot of, um, there's been a lot of talk about that because of uh, uh, George Floyd. Uh, and before that, 20 years ago or so, uh, Rodney King out in L.A., but uh, the police shootings of African Americans, despite the charged rhetoric of the past year, which uh, had people, uh, this is according to Eric Coffin, which had people calling for the entire police forces to be disbanded, uh, shootings are 60 to 80 percent lower now than they were in the 1960s. I, I bet there aren't, you couldn't find, well, I don't know about in general, but you couldn't find 10 people in the entire corporation. Warner uh, Time Warner Corporation that, that uh, includes CNN that would get that number right, um, and it's all based on what the media have been doing. Um, uh, this is a, there's a, a he, he points to a, uh, something called available heuristic H E U R I S T I C, which is the idea that vivid images rather than statistical reality tend to shape people's perceptions. Uh, for instance, people routinely overestimate vivid phenomena from crime to the share of Muslims in their country because these stories make the news. Crime in America may have fallen every year before 2019, but when asked about it by Gallup, most people in all but two years said crime had risen over the past year. Uh, the Rodney King thing, as I, as I mentioned before, uh, whenever things like Rodney King, uh, which happened in 1992, that wasn't 20 years ago, it's 30 years already, um, or the killing of George Floyd, uh, what, the, what the difference is, what is distinctive today, he writes, is the sustained determination of major progressive news outlets like the New York Times or CNN to center racism as a dominant theme in American society. By the way, this guy is writing, uh, he's, he's, he lives in uh, Great Britain. Uh, and this is he writes for something called Unheard, U N H E R D. That research by he, he points to research by a guy named Zach Goldberg of Georgia State University. The use of the term racism and similar terms in mainstream news outlets took off around 2015. Uh, it's unbelievable uh, how much the word racism and race is used. I, I was shocked when I saw this. Uh, some of these numbers, it says, and, and this is from uh, uh, the tablet, tabletmag.com, and that's where Zach Goldberg writes, in 2011, the terms racist or racists or racism accounted for 0.0027% and 0.029% of all words in the New York Times and the Washington Post, respectively. What we see over the past decade is a continual dramatic increase in uses of racism and its variations. The graph shows, there's a graph here, that shows that this increase occurred a half decade before the arrival of Donald Trump. 
By 2019, they would constitute 0.02% and just under 0.03% of all words published in the Times and Post. Those are those numbers may not mean a lot because they're so small, but it's an increase of 700% and just under 1,000% in the amount of times that that word was used by just those two outlets. Uh, and while increases in usage frequency are also observed for the most for the more center-right Wall Street Journal, they are comparatively more gradual and modest. The shifts in the Times and Post trends precede those of the journal by about a year, suggesting that the center-right journal appears to, to react to the rhetorical and ideological trends on race advanced by the two biggest left-leaning newspapers. Uh, so in 2016, the New York Times published a news article detailing efforts on college campuses to train students on how to avoid and deal with microaggressions, one of the novel categories of racism popularized over the past decade that has contributed to the perception of pervasive racial injustice. Did you ever hear of a microaggression before, what, about 20 minutes ago? I don't know, maybe it's five years, I don't know. Uh, but that what what is a micro i can, can just imagine you know being a, a, an 18 19 20 year old guy in college age and saying to somebody that's a microaggression what you just did there you'd get microed right in the uh, somebody would punch you with a micro punch right in the face and you would deserve it uh, as an example of a microaggression the ar- article cites the following comment everyone can succeed in this society if they work hard enough that now is a microaggression and supposedly racist because it emphasizes individual agency implies quite a quote that race plays a minor role in life's outcomes. So that that's a microaggression. In 2011, just 35% of white liberals thought racism in the United States was a quote big problem. According to that that was according to national polling. That's 10 years ago. By 2015, this figure had ballooned to 61% and then in 2017, 77%. So it's doubled in ten in less than 10 years. And I'm pretty sure that when it was t- in 2011, 35% of white liberals thought racism in the United States was a big problem. I'm pretty sure that 2011, there was a black president in the White House. And uh, somehow racism, the perception that there's racism is a big problem, Doubled after we had a black president, not only elected, but re-elected. It's pretty sick, actually. But um, I thought that was worth uh, talking about because it's something that I've... I I haven't seen it broken down and and used with statistics backing it up. But it's just a perception that I had that it's just... you, you You can't watch anything on cable news for more than a minute without somebody using the word racism or racist. Um, here's another quick one before I go to something else here. In December of tw- 2006, 45% of white Democrats and 40% of white Republicans reported that they knew someone they considered a racist. By June of 2015, this figure increased to 64% among white Democrats while staying 40% among white Republicans. No increases were observed for any of the non-white Democrat groups. In fact, uh, what statistically insignificant change occurred among blacks, 52% to 47.2%, and Hispanic, 41 to 33 Democrats were actually in the opposite direction. So blacks were actually perceiving, according to the polls here, I mean, they're not 100% accurate, I guess, but blacks were perceiving less racism than white liberals. That shouldn't surprise anybody either, by the way, because white liberals are looking for it everywhere they can find it so that they can display their wonderfulness by saying how uh, outraged they are by it and how not racist they are. That's part of the deal. Um, but uh, that's just in part. And, and while we're at that, I got time for that uh, video, don't I, Gary? Um, yeah. Uh, so I wanted to get to this because this kind of ties in with it. You know about um, the, the issue in Texas where they, all the Democrats, uh, not all, but a bunch of representatives jumped on a couple of chartered planes and headed for D.C. because they didn't want to vote on what was perceived to be or claimed to be the racist new voting laws put in in Texas or trying to the, the Republicans are trying to pass in Texas. And it involves ID. And it's, a, it's now racist to expect black voters to get 
uh, to have an ID to use for voting. Well, Nancy Mace is a um, representative from South Carolina, and she was questioning one of the people who, from Texas who had escaped on the chartered planes uh, and was a- just absolutely destroyed the entire argument. Listen to this. My understanding is you were elected in 1972 in Texas. Is that correct? It is correct. Right. And I, I applaud you for, um, for, for uh, making history, I imagine, in Texas and being a strong voice for black men and black women. Coming from South Carolina, we've got, we've got voter ID. Um, and uh, I'm assuming Texas is the same way. Do you all do you all need IDs to buy alcohol when you're purchasing at the store? Yes, if, uh, to be sure that you are capable of doing that. Right. Do you need an ID in Texas to buy cigarettes? You can't buy them unless you're tw- at least 21. But do you have to show an ID to buy cigarettes? You do have to show an ID. Um, do you need an ID when you're getting a job and trying to get on payroll in Texas? Yes. Do you need an ID to uh, go to the pharmacy and get a prescription in Texas? It depends on the prescription. But do you need an ID for some prescriptions in Texas? Yes. Um, Do you need an ID to uh, get Social Security services in Texas? You do. Do you need an ID uh, to rent an apartment in Texas? Yes. Do you need an ID if you're going to buy a house uh, and finance it via a mortgage in Texas? Yes. Um, Do you need an ID in Texas if you're going to board an aircraft and fly commercial? Yes. Did you fly commercial or fly a private jet on the way to D.C.? A chartered plane. Do you have to show an ID when you fly in a private charter jet? Yes. I wouldn't know. I've never, I've never flown on one. Um, so did you, did you need an ID to get in the building here today? Yes. Um, do you need an ID in Texas to open a bank account? Yeah, to cash your check if you're working. Do you know, Representative Thompson, um, how many, what percentage of blacks in Texas, black and brown African Americans are registered to vote? Oh, a huge percentage. Uh, 70%. Do you know what percentage of African Americans, black and brown Texans uh, have voted um, on average or in the last election? About 64%. Correct. Uh, Do you know how many uh, whites are registered to vote in Texas? Far more than African-Americans. 72%. You have 70% uh, of blacks in Texas who are registered to vote. You have 72% of whites in Texas who are registered to vote. Do you know the percentage of whites who turned out to vote in recent elections? I want to say over 50-some percent. uh, 65%. Um, Do you know what percentage of Hispanics are registered to vote in Texas? No, I do not. 63%. Do you know what percentage of Hispanics voted in the last election? I think it was over 40 percent. 53 percent. Hispanics are, are, are not voting in as high a numbers as blacks and whites in Texas. Do you know uh, the percentage of Democrats that support voter ID? Would you repeat your question? Do you know the number or percentage of Democrats who support voter ID in this country? I do not, but I don't think it's a whole lot. 72 percent. Okay. Do you know the number of black and brown and African Americans in this country who support voter ID? No. 75 percent. Do you know the number of Hispanics that support voter ID in this country? No. 81%. Do you know where the state of Texas is ranked uh, with black voter turnout in this country? With black voters turnout? Mm-hmm. Do you know where, where Texas is ranked? Oh, 40, about, uh, 44%. The latest numbers that I read this morning was that Texas is ranked 10th. Do you know where Texas is ranked? So then top 10 in the country. Do you know where Texas is ranked with women voters? Oh, way up in the 50s. In the bottom third of this country. So I would argue that we have a, Texas has a more difficult problem with getting women out to vote than black and brown and African Americans. Thank you, and I yield. <laughs> so that pretty much, I think the, that just pretty much closes the case, doesn't it? I mean, and by the way, that was uh, Representative uh, Sanfronia Thompson, and she said at the beginning she'd been uh, she was elected in 1972. You think she's been around long enough? We're working on 50 years there. How does it? Uh, well, anyway, and she she uh, was a little surprised to hear, and maybe a lot of people would be surprised to hear 
that blacks support voter ID by 75 percent, that uh, that the uh, the turnout for blacks was much better than women in general for the vote. So if these voting laws are so restrictive, how is it all these uh, people who are supposed to be being restricted are getting to the polls? And how is it that they are 75 percent in favor of voter ID? Uh, that's uh, that's pretty. And, and uh, the number of blacks registered is seventy percent. And um, when they when she asked uh, Representative Thompson what the white registration would be, she said, oh, I'm sure it's much higher. It was seventy two. So it's the same. I mean, that's statistically, it's it's the same. So there's no difference between the number of black and white people registered to vote in Texas, and these this group of idiots jumped on a couple of charter planes and went to Texas and I guess infected a bunch of people with <laughs> with COVID in the process. And uh, it's all a it's a joke. It's all it's it's a mirage. It's absolute total stupidity that's pushed by the media and the Democrats. And it's it's all it takes is people to pay attention. And you know who's paying attention to it? Black people and black voters in Texas. And I'm going to guess that when this is all done, there are going to be more of them voting for Republicans than there have been in the past. Because it's an insult to suggest that they can't vote because they don't have ID. Did you hear that list of things that everybody, and I'm pretty sure that blacks have to have the same ID that whites have to have in Texas to, you know, to, to take out a, a, a mortgage, to get on a plane, whatever? It's exactly the same. Unbelievable stupidity. But uh, a very enlightening interview, and I have a feeling it didn't get a lot of play on CNN or MSNBC. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Florida set a new record for COVID-19 hospitalizations on Sunday. Shelley Adler with that report. ...will help more immediate are needed. That's according to Jason Salemi, an associate professor of epidemiology at the University of South Florida. If we don't start to implement things that block transmission, we're going to continue to see increased numbers of cases, and not just cases, but indications of severe illness. And while Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has resisted mandatory mask mandates, other leaders are pushing for the protection. Sadly, there has also been a big rise in the number of children with the virus at hospitals in Miami, many of them needing intensive care. I'm Shelley Adler. And on Wall Street, the Dow is up a dozen points of the NASDAQ 58 points higher. This is SRN News. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer.com. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hey, America, it's Hugh Hewitt. I'm on vacation this week, but the one, the only, Mark Davis, an interval host from Texas, will be here to spew out Cowboys propaganda and all the latest news and analysis on the net. Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. 
Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Traders, listen up. As life in America starts to return to normal, are you looking for the best trading opportunities? With the current real estate market, the rise of crypto, and the volatility of tech stocks, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how our technology analyzes over 1 million data points per day. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 so you can learn how to predict market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Whether you're trading stocks, options, forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how to maximize your gains. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how to use the volatility to your advantage. Don't wait. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 now. By texting in, you consent to receive calls, voice, and text messages using automated technology regarding offers by or on behalf of Vantage Point. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer Mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Busier now on outbound 28. Delays from Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. Close to a 10-minute backup. Inbound Parkway North congested Reedsdale Street down to the Fort Pitt Bridge. On the Parkway East, solid inbound. County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West inbound. That's heavy green tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound 65. Minor delay into the McKees Rocks Bridge. East Carson Street, 837, an accident at South 22nd. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Mostly clear skies for tonight with a low of 56. Tomorrow, a blend of sun and clouds and a high of 80. A thunderstorm around tomorrow evening, otherwise mostly cloudy skies, low 61. Wednesday will be pleasant with sun and clouds. Expect a high Wednesday of 81. Thursday, clouds and sun, the high 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, there's a good chance your kids or grandkids are going to be uh, wearing masks when they go back to school in a few weeks. And parents will, or at least should, I guess, be uh, paying close attention to what they're kids are learning or not learning in school with the critical race theory fanatics running around out there especially so what have they learned so far about history and civics or what have they learned lately maybe is a better way of putting it maybe not much jeremy adams has been a high school and college teacher for a long time he's written a book called hollowed out a warning about america's next generation and he joins us now jeremy thanks for coming on john thank you so much for the invitation it's great to be with you today and uh, so that, that's an interesting title. Why hollowed out? Well, to be perfectly frank with you, uh, you know, most of the really ambitious books in our country that get written, you know, that, that make some big claim that uh, a horrible tragedy is coming our direction is written by somebody who, you know, is famous, uh, a politician or a pundit or somebody who has a million Twitter followers. But I'm just a high school teacher, and I feel like I'm the right one to write the book because I have a front row seat to American decline in the way that nobody else does. So you ask, why hollowed out? Well, quite simply, the values, habits, behaviors that tend to give people a sense of meaning and purpose and joy in their lives, the things that allow the American experiment to go on, are simply not there in a lot of young people's lives today. Uh, They live lives completely untethered to adult values, adult responsibilities, adult role models. They're the least patriotic generation in American history, don't know much about religion, don't want to have uh, families uh, and, and children, by and large, um, and so it's it's hollowing them out. That's why. And how long have you been noticing? First of all, how long have you been teaching, and how long have you been noticing this? Great question. See, this is my 23rd year in the classroom, which makes it where I feel like I'm a pretty good person to be noticing these things because, you know, I, I think anybody who wants to, ex- you know, essentially say, well, it's just another curmudgeon, this is a crank, uh, this is a, a grumpy old man. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm too young to be a curmudgeon. I'm only 45. 
Um, but this is my 23rd year teaching. And I'll tell you, these, these deep changes, these disturbing pivots in the culture and in the country is the last five or 10 years. Uh, we are seeing a lot of changes in, in just the last five to 10 years. And, you know, John, I mean, I get to know my students really well. One of the reasons I don't like the masks particularly is it's really hard for me to be funny. It's hard for me to be engaging. It's hard for me to make that connection. Um, and, and you'll talk to these kids and the way that they look at their country, the way they look at their lives, the way they look at marriage or friendship, the way they spend their time. I mean, you know, what's weird is they don't date like they used to. They don't read books. They don't go to the movies. They don't go uh, to football games. Um, and, and, and so you, you, you start to notice some really odd ways that they, they live their lives. And you talk to other teachers and they say, it's not just you. And then you do the research, which, you know, the book hollowed out. Yes, it's about my experiences. But then you realize when you do the research that this is happening everywhere and that it's recent. Yeah, I uh, noticed that with my grandkids, uh, they don't um, they don't go like they'll have a homecoming dance or a, or a prom. And groups of kids will go. They're kind of a, there's kind of a, a date uh, system going on, you know, a dating thing where uh, a guy will ask a girl to go with him. But it's it's nothing like it was when I was a kid a million years ago. Uh, and they go in groups uh, to, to, well, to fun things like that. Have you noticed that? I have. It's funny you say that. Now, first of all, I mean, I know I'm I'm talking to uh, I'm, I'm talking to Steeler territory out there, but the Central Valley of California, we are a pretty big football area ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I I teach at a high school that has more state football championships than any other. Uh, we're the Drillers because we're an oil community, and you used to have to go to a football game two hours, John. Uh, 20 years ago to get a seat. Nowadays, you, you can go anytime and it's half empty. And I remember, you know, you're talking about your grandchildren. I would say to my students, guys, wh- where are you? Why aren't you going to the football game? It's drill or football. And they said, well, you know, they sound like a 50-year-old. They're like, I'm tired. It's the end of the week. And then I say to them, don't you want to hang out with your friends? And you know what they say? Oh, yeah, we are. We're just doing it from our own house. We're yep. doing it through our, our phones. And I'm like, that, that is not the same thing as, as, as rushing the field. It's not the same thing as going to the movies together or getting a pizza. And it, it's interesting. You know, my daughters, I have two teenage daughters, um, which explains why I'm losing my hair. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll pick them up from a party or I'll even have a birthday party for them. And, you know, it's weird. It used to be that teenage gatherings were rowdy. You know, people were gossiping and talking and running around and flirting. You go to teenage gatherings now, silence. Radio silence. Yeah, um, because again, those kind of connections, that connective tissue to events and to people and to and to experiences, these people, these kids are not having it, and that's why I say this really is a, a, a time period where the educators and the churches of this country want to yell out, "Folks, you need to pay attention to this. We're not famous. We don't have a million Twitter followers, but it really is the everyday classroom teacher that 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 sees what's coming down, or, or, you know, coming down the track. I mean, it's funny, you know. Sometimes I'll see an article in the New York Times or National Review or or the Wall Street Journal, and it'll say something about the students and a problem they're having. And so many teachers will look at those headlines and say, we noticed this years ago. Well, this book is trying to get out in front of it, trying to get Americans from all backgrounds to understand why kids are being hollowed out today. And by the way, John, this was happening before COVID, before the lockdown, before they were on the other side of the screen, you know, all these hours a day, mm-hmm. it's even worse now. It's amplified and a, and a huge exclamation point on all of these problems now. We're talking to Jeremy Adams. His book is called Hollowed Out, A Warning About America's Next Generation. Uh, I saw a term called uh, digital hermits. I think you just described that. That's yeah, what they... that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly right. And I think, you know, that's a, thank you for asking about that. If there was one thing that I could get normal, decent, everyday Americans to understand, and this is, I mean, this is the one thing, is I don't think average, everyday Americans understand the extent to which young people live their lives in a digital space, in a kind of ecosystem where there are not other adults. I mean, this is the problem, is that you socialize young people, you teach them adult values, you teach them adult responsibilities, you teach them traditional aspirations like having a family, being patriotic, finding a faith, finding a community, you teach that by modeling, by being in the physical and emotional and mental lives of young people. But the problem is, is that young people are not around adults anymore. They are in this digital space where they're scrolling 
and looking at videos and memes and and vines hour upon hour upon hour and you know what john that is a toxic space it, it doesn't particularly love the country it doesn't talk about how good it is to be you know a mother or a father and you know it's interesting because the beginning of my career when I talk to kids about their political opinions, they would talk about mom and dad. Mm -hmm. John, nobody, talk, nobody talks about mom and dad anymore. It's all about LeBron James or this Instagram influencer or this Twitter person. It, it's never like your older brother or your pastor or your friend. And we have outsourced the ability to influence our young people. Yeah, and um, when you talk about this, uh, it sounds like you're, that, that it's uh, uh, pervasive. That's not something you're noticing among some kids. It's like that's just that's the way they are it's everywhere it's everybody yeah i know that and that's yeah that's a great point that's a brilliant point actually john it is that this is not among kind of upper class kids you know poor kids uh certain neighborhoods this is uh this is a pandemic this is all groups all levels uh, and it's an entire generational thing i mean if you think about it it's really teaching a really uh, i would say a, a a toxic value system because the one thing, and I hope there are a lot of teachers out there listening to us right now, because teachers will tell you that the mental health of our young people, they are so miserable, so lonely. One out of five millennials don't have a friend in the world. And you look at the rate, and this is, again, a recent thing. This is not going back 30 years. From 2012 to 2017, the rates of self-harm have increased by over 50%. Rates of suicide in 10 to 24-year-olds have gone up by over 60%. Right. Uh, the word that we hear all the time is anxiety. Our young people are anxious. They're on edge. Uh, and that's, of course, because they don't have those connections to the people and the influences that typically make you feel secure in your life and give you a sense of, of, of purpose and meaning behind it. And so that's the, this is affecting everybody uh, in this generation. And and again, we adults have got to step up because it's not the kid's fault. I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm picking on the kids. They're kids. They, they yeah. don't get to decide the world they're being brought up. It's you and me. we got to get it together. Yep. And uh, I, it's amazing you're mentioning that, because I've seen exactly what you're de describing. Um, and I'm not going to say where, but I've, I've seen it, and I know that it's going on. I know you're 100% right. Um, but here's my question for you. You're a teacher, uh, and I, this, this came up, I don't know where it was, uh, just recently. Some, I don't know if it was on the show or in a personal conversation, but we were talking about the fact that kids bring their phones with them to school, and and they 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 have their their um, their cell phones or smartphones with them, or at least close by, uh, and I guess they can sit in the cafeteria and look at their phones, and they can do all that, you know, and and uh, so they're as you say they they're just not having human contact with people. Why don't schools? do something about it and try to discourage try to come up with ways to take the kids out of uh, their digital world and, and prevent them from becoming digital hermits how about uh, how about a policy that says uh, no phones on the in the in the building if you come in a car you can leave it in the car or or if you bring your phone you can leave it at the office and if you come and get it when you leave but you don't need to talk to your mother when you're at, at school i mean i hear people say well what if there's an emergency well, you, they're used yeah. to go to the phone and you know f find them, but you have to you have to text your mother while you're sitting in English class. <laughs> I mean, it's sick. So why don't the schools do more to prevent it? Yeah. Well, first of all, I will say, uh, great question. Um, sorry if I'm giggling a little bit because you're absolutely right. You sound like me. Uh, because I always say, you know, I teach seniors and college kids, right? So if they need to go to the bathroom, you know when you you know when you teach your you potty train your kids and you're like number one number two right, right. and i say if you, ha if you if you have to use your phone that's i guess that's number three but don't do it in front of me like get out of my room if you have to use your phone just like don't tell me what you're doing in the bathroom yeah but uh, but jeremy there phone. used there used to be uh, there used to be enough discipline in the school that the the, yeah. the principal could just say hey no phones in my you know school what? i don't want to see them yeah, i don't want to if i see you with a phone i'm sending you home if you're I, I walking down the hall with I, one I do think that a lot of teachers, uh, I mean, for instance, my policy is I don't, when I'm, in, when I'm lecturing, I don't want to see it out. Like, mm -hmm. you put it away, you don't need it in the middle of the lecture. And I think most teachers are doing that. But, but what I will tell you is that your broader point is right, is that whenever there is a moment where you're not making them, you know, do an activity, listen to a lecture, have a discussion, it, it used to be, you know, as I said before, it used to be that teenagers would, would talk and they'd, they'd even get rowdy and they would flirt and they would gossip and they'd do all these things. 
And nowadays, you know, if there's like two or three minutes at the end of class, they don't come talk to me. They're not being silly. They literally will take out their phones, self-medicate like a bunch of zombies. And, and again, all these good things in the life of young people, you know, it's, it's being outsourced by these devices. I mean, John, if you were spending nine or 10 hours a day on a device before the pandemic, that means there's all kinds of things that you're not doing now that's being displaced. Right. I remember uh, my daughter, like, let's talk about reading. Uh, I talk about that a lot in the book. Kids are not reading. Um, you are more likely to read a book at the age of 13 in this country than you are 17. And I remember my daughter was a brilliant reader, brilliant. She set some record in her elementary school. And I noticed when I gave her her phone, and again, my mistake, I made so many mistakes with my kids. When I gave her her phone, I noticed she stopped reading. And hour upon hour, they didn't want to, they don't want to eat dinner. I mean, I used the term in my class a few years ago, you know, the family dinner. These kids all looked at me like I was nuts. They had no idea what a family dinner was. Hey, Jeremy. Because what, Jeremy, yeah. I'm out of time. I want you to, in 20 seconds. I know it's not enough, but can you, what can be done to save this generation? What's, where do you start? I only have about 20 seconds. Sure. Three big things. The adults have got to be adults again. You have to put yourselves in the physical, moral, and intellectual space of young people. Secondly, tell kids they can't just be free. They have to know how to use their freedom well. The license is more important than the car keys. And third, you can be patriotic without believing that your country is perfect. Good summer, summation of it, and uh, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it, Jeremy. John, thank you so much for discussing Hollowed Out with me. I appreciate it. Okay, Hollowed Out, a warning about America's next generation. We'll be right back. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 83121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian Travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you to new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey, and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding, Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With ACRetirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Woohoo! Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. 
So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, I wish I had had more time with Jeremy uh, Adams. He wrote the book, but uh, this is real quick to give you an idea. This is the first couple of paragraphs of his book. He says, I teach advanced placement United States government to high school seniors and introductory political science to university undergraduates. I usually begin my first class by projecting pictures onto a screen and asking students to raise their hands if they recognize the person in the picture. Picture number one, Kendall Jenner. Most students giggle and raise their hands. Number two, Nancy Pelosi. No giggles this time, and few, if any, raised hands. Picture three, Miley Cyrus from her more wholesome days as Hannah Montana. Again, most raised their hands. Mike Pence, Vice President of the United States. This time, the students look puzzled, and they whisper nervously to each other, and one might hazard a he-looks-familiar guess. More recognized Pence than recognized Pelosi, but still correct answers are few. Now, I read that and I thought, that's pretty nauseating to think that that's going on. And then I went back and read this, this, the uh, second sentence of the, uh, of the paragraph. I teach advanced placement United States government to high school students. These are people who are considered smarter than the average student, and they can't, in a high school, recognize the vice president of the United States of America. That's where we are. Oh, boy. And now they want to put masks on the kids, and they think they're going to learn something by sitting at home uh, taking a class on Zoom. We may be doomed as humans. We'll pick it up tomorrow and see where we go from there. Thanks for listening. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.